I've made a baby. I did not murder Dr. Lanning. Want to explain why you were hiding at the crime scene? I was frightened. Robots don't feel fear. They don't feel anything. They don't get hungry. They don't sleep. I do. I have even had dreams. Human beings have dreams. Even dogs have dreams, but not you. You are just a machine. An imitation of life. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Style Guide with your hosts, Dave Morris and Steve Orr. How are you doing today, Dave? I'm doing really good, Steve. I'm, uh, I'm really good today. I'm great. I'm perfect. Perfect. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, it's good that you're, you're in good form because today's episode 51 for us, which is the beginning of kind of something new that we're going to try. Yeah, so we we covered what our podcast was all about on the last episode, and now we're changing it a little. That's kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be too different. You know, we're still going to look at style and storytelling and genre and that sort of stuff, but we're gonna we're gonna try and play with uh, the format a little bit and try and do some longer episodes, some multi part episodes to see uh, what other things we can sort of draw out. Exactly, and this is going to be our first multi part episode, and the topic we chose was something I think we can talk about forever. Definitely. Until the singularity. <laughs> Sorry. <that was laughs> See what you did. We can talk about this. <laughs> we can talk about this forever. And that is, of course, robots. Robots, which are uh, awesome. Like Just yeah. hands down, robots are awesome. If you disagree with that statement, I guess, f- 51 episodes in, it's hard for you to kind of come to that realization that Dave and Steve like robots and you don't. But yeah. They're, they're awesome. And so uh, we're excited to, you know, kind of explore them in some more depth over the next couple episodes. And I think, yeah, I think uh, uh, we, should, we should clarify that it's, it's robots, androids, cyborgs, and artificial intelligence. Like all that kind of uh, AI robotic type stuff. Not just robots. Things, things that are not uh, human beings that have some sort of intelligence or sentience. Or not, you know. And so that's that's kind of the topic here, kind of teasing out the differences. That's where we definitely have to start when it comes to robots. So you just said that we love robots. Uh, why do you love robots? I think one of the reasons that I, I love robots is the, the, the notion that human beings are one day going to be capable of creating something greater than themselves. And in a sense, you know, we all do that when we become parents. Hey, Dave. Gotcha. But I, I mean, like the creation of an entire, entirely new species that that is going to think and feel and exist in its own way in the world. Um, I, that really appeals to me. It's a fascinating sort of narrative. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think to me, it's it's all it, there is that aspect of like man-made intelligence that makes it extra cool that we created it. But it's also this like. It's another form of intelligence. It would be, it's like meeting aliens. Yeah. Where it's like a, a different physical creature that is also intelligent that we can speak to. Uh, so I think that aspect of it where it's it's come from such a different in, a place where it's gained its intelligence that it must have different uh, an outlook on the universe, on itself, on morality, all of that, just because of how it came into being and the body within which it is contained. Yeah, definitely. I think that that's a such an important part of the kind of the robot narratives that we we explore is that they they experience the world in different ways than we do and what how, how does that help us grow uh, as people 
how does how does that further our understanding of the universe and our place in it? It's a fascinating sort of set of uh, storytelling hooks. Yeah, and they also uh, have like lasers and stuff, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and they're like much better <laughs> at the things that we hate doing. Like a robot, a, a, a robot can do menial work in you know half the time. Yeah, and also have like uh, computational stuff, like uh, calculating things or, or retrieving information. They're really good at that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know, a robot's really the the version of us that is better than us, uh, and that's why we like them so much, really. That's that. Uh, that that's from Blade Runner, right? Uh, more human than human is the motto. Yeah, Blade Runner. Yeah, more human than human. So, uh, uh, better than human. Yeah, which is which is kind of cool. Yeah. So, what's a robot then? Yeah, that <laughs> that was one of the things where when when originally we sat down to to have this idea, I'm like, oh, this is straightforward. We're gonna just. We're going to divide our episode. We're going to talk about robots one episode. We're going to talk about cyborgs in another episode and artificial intelligence is in, in, in the third one and something like that. And I realized that in no way is it at all that straightforward. Yeah, I know. I mean, because I was thinking like, okay, so what's the difference between a robot and an android? What is the difference between an artificial intelligence and a robot? Is a robot, are all robots artificial intelligence? Not necessarily. Maybe some of them are just like, you know, the Zumba vacuum cleaner thing. The the Roomba, Dave. You, we clearly know you <laughs> well, don't have one because you called it a Zumba. Well, I said Zumba? Yeah, you said Zumba. That's what I meant, the Roomba. The, the Roomba Zumba. That's a robot but lacks uh, any any measurable intelligence we should say so like where where do we start drawing the lines between those and like i mean we did we talk about cyborgs yeah, cyborgs as well when did when do you become a robot and not a cyborg like there's all these sort of things we need to make a distinction between before we can even really talk about robots and androids and la 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 las well and surprise surprise for me this just got really philosophical like sitting down and and thinking but i'm like Okay, so so the difference between a cyborg, a robot, and a machine, or the difference between an AI and a program, and how those things all fit together, is absolutely a fascinating topic of discussion for me, because I'm like, oh, that's just, you know, get to sit around pretending to be intellectual uh, all day about it. But it's, I, I, think, I think there are relatively straightforward lines to be drawn. Yeah, like, okay, so the first one that I, I just want to make the distinction between, and get your take on is what's the difference between a robot and an android? So, like, because the intelligence question is, is is where we get into philosophy, which we'll have to uh, eventually get to. But the easy one, what's the difference between a robot and an android? So, for me, and this this may be... I, I, I've gone back and forth on this, because I was thinking for a while that a robot and an android are the same thing. It, it's just synonyms for the same concept. But I guess the more the, the the more that I think about it, there maybe there's a a subtle distinction between the two that has to has to fit into how in how intelligent quote unquote they are. But like it, it it's hard for me because like you look at something like the the robots from Asimov and they're like he calls them robots uh, a, a bunch. But then I think in Blade Runner they're called are they called androids? No, they're called uh, they're called. Um... Skin bags. What else they called? They called the. Uh, <laughs> no, they're they're replicants. Replicants, right? Right. Okay. So so maybe 
I, maybe there isn't a difference between the two. What do you think? Is, is there is there a finer line? The, well, the first thing that jumped to my mind was that androids uh, are robots, um, but some robots aren't androids. Uh, so it was it, the distinction really is is like an android is made to look human, okay, whereas a robot is not. So, right, a robot looks robotic, whereas an android looks humanish. So something like Commander Data looks human he's an android something like like a, a transformer doesn't look human it's a robot the that that was the that was the sort of distinction that i originally had in my head but then the more i think about it and the more i look at like fiction and movies and things like that it's not necessarily that way <laughs> if we look at star wars and the term droid which clearly derives from android yep. uh c3po looks human Metal, but human. But R2-D2 definitely does not. Yep. So the word android has been used to not describe human-looking uh, robots. But that's how I've always thought of it, is that androids look like humans and robots don't necessarily. See, and the second you said that distinction, I thought, that's perfect. That's, that, that works 100%. And then I started thinking about Star Wars. So, yeah, you're right. It, it... Yeah, so whether it's that George Lucas called them droids uh, because he was breaking away from like he cuz he didn't call them androids he called them droids so he made like his own distinction which is i'm pretty sure a copyright now of star wars probably the word droid but to me that's always been the the distinction is that uh, is that androids look human now, and i'm okay working under that distinction if you're okay working under that but uh, i don't know if it's 100% accurate all the time and part of it is we're talking about a concept that that is pretty vast. Like we we've been exploring these these different kinds of beings through through fiction for a long time. So it's it's not as if there's there's going to be a hundred percent consistency. Yeah, and I mean looking at looking at definitions of things, you do see that android comes from man or male, mm-hmm. and oid, which is having the form of. So like an android so it's having the form of a man is really what it means so uh, technically here's what it says technically a female appearance robot would be a gynoid right that that in some ways makes sense and in some ways is a weird word now that doesn't mean that that word android has always been used that way but that is where it originally came from so i'm okay using it that way (laughs) that commander data looks human therefore he's an android yeah and i think i think it's a helpful distinction too because where when when we when we get to talking about them, there is a difference between the robots that look human and the robots that don't. And and I think using the word android to mark those distinctions is totally appropriate. So I'm on board. Yeah, because to me, androids like they're they're humans. They're they're like they're robots in disguise is really what they are, and not the Transformers way where they disguise themselves like cars, but they disguise themselves like humans and therefore are androids. Because <laughs> a Transformer is a car droid? Uh, yes. Auto droid. Oh, that's... An auto, autoid, autoid. Autobots. Having the likeness of an auto. <laughs> Autobots. <laughs> okay. Cool. So that is probably the easiest and most straightforward distinction uh, between between all of them because it doesn't i mean there is a little bit of philosophy there like no no and uh, not all robots are androids but all androids are robots like that's a little bit philosophical that's but, okay. yeah yeah that makes sense though. that makes sense that's easy to follow yeah super straightforward okay so then we get into can, can we start with cyborgs let's start with cyborgs yeah so is that where you were gonna go it was where you're gonna go and because cyborg is where we get confusing 
Well, in in some ways, I think that a cyborg is is more straightforward. I mean, there might be a couple types of cyborgs, but a cyborg is a biotechnical being. It it has a biological component and it has a technological component in some sort of hybridized form. Yeah, and this is where this is where it, that 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 distinction is is clear mm-hmm. that it has to have like some life and some robot. But the thing that always gets me confused about cyborgs is what constitutes, like, where do you draw the line between a person with technology and a cyborg? And this is such a great question, because I, like, five or six years ago, wrote a paper in which I suggested that a cyborg was any biological entity that uses artificial means or technology to enhance a natural capacity of that entity. And, and and that's that's like someone who wears glasses is is a cyborg, right? In yeah. in that sort of definition. In that definition, someone who wears glasses or uses a smartphone. <laughs> yeah, and my professor is like, this is not an appropriate definition of cyborg. Uh, <laughs> not, not cool, Steve. So, uh, he he didn't like that. But I think that it it points to the 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 difficulty of the problem, right? Does does the component, the technology, have to be embedded somehow? Does it have to be a semi-permanent fixture? Well, yeah, and like to me, it's it's a the permanence of it. You can always take it out, I guess, but like if, unless you have a cybernetic heart, and then you're gonna die. But but to me, it's it's like so. Does it have to enhance the abilities, or does it just have to? Because uh, another thing I think of is, does it just have to replace? something the thing normally does with a robotic version of it. So you lose an arm, you get a robotic arm, you're now a cyborg. You you lose an eye, you get a, a telos, telescopic eye that can like zoom in on things. There you go, you're now a cyborg. So like it replaces something that you already had with something robotic that happens to be better because it's a robotic version, right? Like it is so does it have to enhance or does it just have to replace? And I would argue that for the person who has lost an arm, it that counts as an enhancement, right? They they no long they are no longer a person with an arm, mm-hmm. and the 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 uh, machinery gives them an arm, which is an enhancement. Even if even if they sure, used to yeah, have but, an arm before, but like even if like so, let's say I have a hand mm-hmm. and I intentionally cut it off to replace it with a robotic hand. <laughs> now, like I did it on purpose. <laughs> because I wanted to be part robot. Okay, so it wasn't like it was uh, fixing something that was missing or, or or enhancing my ability. It was just taking out my hand and putting in a robotic hand because I wanted it there. That's still that that's and it works just like a normal hand. It doesn't have any special powers. It just happens to be made of robot and metal and stuff. So am I a cyborg? Because I think intuition says, yeah, clearly you're a cyborg. You have a robotic hand. Yeah, I think you're a sociopath, but you also happen to be a cyborg as well. Yeah, so does, so the enhanced part is just, I think, to me, I, the en- enhancing part is just kind of like a, a side thing. It just happens to do it, right? It doesn't necessarily have to enhance, right? Which then draws into question, what if you get something added onto your body that wasn't there before? So it hasn't enhanced what your body, it hasn't replaced something your body already has. All it has done is enhance you. But But I think for me, it's, it, in, I, I don't think you could add a technology that doesn't enhance some form of natural 
component of the human being. So like getting getting a camera embedded in your arm or something like that. Your arm has never had the capacity to take pictures, right? Like that's yeah, true. Uh, and you know, you're right. Actually, replacing my hand with a robotic hand, it now can, it like can withstand more damage because it's made of metal or whatever so it has enhanced it you're right you're right okay so it does enhance somehow i see what you're saying yeah so so for me i think that in unless we're talking about technologies that do things that that is outside the 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 bounds of of the human experience like i and i can't even like what would that be like like jet jet boots like you get you get jets implanted in your feet so now you can fly yeah, I guess that 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 would be something like that. But like, in a sense, like it's the all that jet boots are doing are are enhancing your ability, your like motion. Like it's not like flight isn't like it. It's it's flight new. isn't isn't an enhancement. That's what you're about to say. Are you about to say flight being able to fly is not an enhancement? <laughs> Please don't tell me you were about to say that. No, I'm saying I'm I'm saying that it is an enhancement. Like it it it's it's. Like in the same way that the when we cr first created airplanes, really all we were doing was making it easier for for us to get from place to place faster. Yeah. As opposed to doing something that was so fundamentally new to the human experience, right? Yeah. What about like like say we you implant something that lets you communicate like wirelessly with other people through brains, like so you and I could just think to each other. Uh, I guess again, that's just doing what we already do, which is communicate, but in a more enhanced way. I see what you're saying. When I say enhanced, like I'm, I'm meaning in a particularly loose way because I think the definition of cyborg has to be a loose concept because we're talking about different kinds of enhancements, different kinds of augmentations that might vary, you know, from person to person, let alone from society to society. And so, like, mm -hmm. like we have people who are cyborgs today under this definition or i think under most definitions right people with yeah. pacemakers people with uh, artificial limbs those sorts of things i i think it's hard to deny that they fit firmly into the category of cyborgs yeah i mean like i think someone with an artificial limb for instance i would not call a cyborg okay unless that artificial limb is somehow connected to their nervous system in such a way that they can manipulate that limb, okay. you know, which I think we're getting to. I think I think science is getting there, but currently, like when you have like just a fake hand that looks like a hand, but you can't actually move the fingers uh, with your brain. You know, you have to move them in other ways. I don't know if that counts as a cyborg. I feel like there has to be a a, a fusion between the the life form and the uh, robotics, uh, which is goes beyond just attaching it. Like if I if I if I sew a camera onto your arm, you're not a cyborg. You just have a camera sewn on your arm, unless that camera is connected to you in a way that you can actually use it and manipulate it, and control it, thinking like as as a muscle. Then it's not really uh, a, make you a cyborg, you know, because that that eliminates people who wear glasses from being cyborgs, right? Or people that drive cars, you know. So like, they need to be. Uh, like if you if your glasses you had the ability to to like focus them or something um, with your brain then i'd say that that's a cybernetic pair of glasses so in some ways this gets to your earlier point about like semi-permanence right there there's got to be something about it that's that's more embedded in you but at the same time it's not just that because like you could sew a camera into your skin which doesn't make you a cyborg exactly because it's really yeah. 
it's that's um that's more like clothing or a tattoo. Yeah, and same with like bolting um uh, uh screws into your bones and stuff like that to hold them together. I don't think that makes you a cyborg necessarily because that's it's not within your control. It's not a part of your body anymore. It's not part of your body in 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 a way that you can meaningfully use it. Okay, so here is here's a question. Would you say that Wolverine with his uh adamantine skeleton is a cyborg? No. I would not. Why not? Uh, because I think there's a clear distinction between metal and robot. Okay. Like, just having metal on you does not make you a cyborg. It needs to be robotic and and be like have moving parts and like mechanical that, that does something. The only thing you could possibly say is that his claws shoot out at will, but then he apparently has those anyway as bones or something. Sometimes it's weird. We'll we'll ignore those those that version of the story because it's super strange. So like I think I think yeah I think there needs to be a robotic element to the cybernetic enhancement. Like there can't just be, like again if I just if you just replace your arm with a metal arm that just hangs there metallically and it's really heavy and you can't move it, and it has no circuitry, it's just a piece of metal. I don't think that makes you a cyborg because it's not like a you're not a robot anymore. You're not a robot. You just have a metal arm. Okay, so so the technology requires a particular level of sophistication of some sort. Yeah, and I mean, I'd I'd be willing to to say that like if it had like a, a like cogs and like a pulley system, like more steampunk style. Yeah, uh, that that still has enough like mechanical technological elements involved in it to make it a robotic arm, therefore make you an android. Okay, but yeah, I, I think there has to be some some circuitry involved or some like you know technological thing involved and a connection between you and it okay so so some sort of direct and semi-permanent connection between a biological entity and uh and something artificial that has a certain level of sophistication yeah yeah i would an animate thing something that can move okay okay as well because if it doesn't move then it's just like a tattoo <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it was metal ink, all of a sudden now we're like, oh, that's a cyborg. Okay. So, and I think that helps get rid of a lot of the, the like edge cases. Um, you know, so like, like yeah, it gets rid of all the edge cases. Like wearing glasses or having a rocket pack does not make you a cyborg. See, now I wish I could go back to that paper that I wrote five or six years ago and just use this definition instead because it's much better. <laughs> I think it helps, like, because like when I keep I keep thinking about the predator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as a cyborg because is he a cyborg i mean he sees by heat but that's him mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a thing but he has like a mass that helps him like scan things um not cyborg but then he has that little rocket thing on his shoulder that shoots up and fires and is he doing that with his brain because we never see him hit a switch or anything it just kind of pops up in lasers so is he a cyborg or is that just a cool thing that he controls with maybe his teeth or something, or like he has a mouth switch that pops it up. Like, I don't, I don't know how it works. We don't know how it works, but you know, how cybernetic is the predator? See, and, and this I think is going to be a trouble that we get into a little bit later on is like the, I I don't think you and I can know with the predator because there are, the information's just not there. yeah. Yeah. The information's not there. And and part of that is a is a lack of understanding. And you know the people who created Predator didn't care enough to tell us whether he was doing it with his mind or whether he was a cyborg. Because <laughs> it didn't really matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So there is one thing that I want to add on to this discussion to before we get to AI. Okay. And that is that is just a machine. Like the the something that is a non-biological entity that doesn't have any sort of intelligence of its own that that like it can do things like a Roomba can, like in vacuum, um, and it might even appear to be intelligent the way that the Roomba, you know, navigates the room, but it's it's not actually intelligence, and it it really is just a programmed machine. Yeah, yeah, I think I think yeah, I think that's a good point to talk about what 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 makes something a machine, not a robot. And and this gets into the discussion of uh, artificial intelligence, I think necessarily, but I for for me it's the the machine has like the in in some ways machines are really straightforward in that like you can point to a, a machine and understand what it is every time i don't think anyone is ever going to mistake a blender for a robot yeah true true um yeah but i do think i think you, you end up with things like like siri on your iphone yeah that people might mistake for artificial intelligence or an intelligent being even though it's really not it is just interpreting your vocal commands and going through a list of things to do with those commands to find answers for you. So it's not really thinking in the way that a human being thinks. It is computing information, yeah. but it is not thinking. So there's that difference between intelligence and, and just like, you know, a computer. Yeah, yeah. And I think that machines like the Roomba and programs like Siri share a lot in common in, in that they are they they are not themselves intelligent you may occasionally mistake what they do for intelligence but it's always um it it's it's it, it, it there's no thought occurring behind behind it that you would call original thought yeah it it only launches into action to do things when it is when it is uh, input, when there's input, or it's told to do something, it's programmed. It's 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 launched. It's whatever you call it. It's set in motion by somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. It does not set itself in motion. Yeah, I think that that's like Siri won't just all of a sudden start thinking about stuff. No. Siri only does things when someone asks it something, and then it does its computing thing, and it follows the program. Same with the Roomba. It doesn't just decide like, um, I feel like vacuuming and start vacuuming. It needs you to program it when to do it. Uh, and it will it might learn different times to do it or adapt to environments and things like that based on input, but it doesn't decide anything. Uh, I, I guess we should dive into it because we're touching up against it too. Yeah, we're getting right into it. Yeah, like this. <laughs> this fits into the what makes an artificial intelligence intelligent. What makes what really d distinguishes a machine from a robot, a program from an AI? These these sorts of questions. So yeah, artificial intelligence. Uh, it is intelligence that is artificial, which means it. Does that mean to me? I've always taken that as meaning it's manufactured intelligence, like someone made it to yeah. be intelligent. <laughs> Not that it is fake intelligence. Yeah, for it, it's it's the the difference between artifice and, and nature. So a human being is a natural intelligence, and a a highly advanced AI is is artifice is a created thing outside of nature. Yeah, not artificial like artificial sweetener, 
where it is right uh it, even though it, it like it's it's not it's not to be it's not synonymous with fake no it's synonymous with manufactured yeah yeah perfect so so it's a manufactured intelligence yeah and can i just say though i thinking about this this week the term intelligence i've actually i i i don't think it's appropriate for for what it's used for what do you mean? So when when we talk about artificial intelligence, we're saying a manufactured intelligence. And intelligence is the ability to acquire and apply knowledge and skills. Okay. To to suggest like that's the what marks a a highly advanced robot versus a machine, that's what what intelligence is the thing that marks a human being from not human. I don't I, I think that that's a mistake. I think that, that that sort of definition actually hampers what we're thinking about because the ability to acquire acquire and apply knowledge and skills, I don't know I don't know if that's the 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 fullness of what we're looking for when when we're pointing to these creatures called AI. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, do dogs have intelligence? Well, it can a dog can a dog apply knowledge and skills? I mean, I think any yes, dog owner yeah. will tell you one hundred percent that they can. So I think because I think what it it's like all animals have intelligence. Yeah. Whether it is a sophisticated intelligence or not, whether they can acquire sophisticated skills and knowledge and apply it in a sophisticated, nuanced way, uh, is different. But just the fact that they can acquire it and do it and do stuff with it. Yeah. Um, they find the food and they pick it up and they carry it home. They, you know, they smell something. They can follow the smell. Like they, they, they apply the knowledge that they've they've gotten on to the world around them and take actions based on it. I think that's so. To me, the thing, the applying part, is about using that information to do something. Right. Not just acquiring information like a camera that acquires information. That's not. <laughs> it's not intelligent. It's just taking in information. Yeah. So I think yeah that 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 so. A wall is not intelligent. No. A floor is not intelligent. A, a light bulb is not intelligent. Where so so I think I think it's a pretty adequate uh, distinction, but it falls apart when we start thinking about do um, the Nest thermostat is it intelligent? Right. Because it is acquiring information based on when I'm arriving home. Mm-hmm. And it is applying that information and using it to adjust my thermostat before I get home so I don't have to tell it to. And it just figures me out and starts adapting to my situation. Now, it has been instructed to gather that information. And it has been instructed on how to apply that information. So is that where it loses its its ability? It's, it's, it's no longer, it's not an AI because it's not actually doing it. It has been told how to do it and it's just following commands that make it look like it's doing it. Is that what makes it not intelligent? Well, and, and like that's the thing, like that's a sort of like algor- algorithmic or programmatic thinking that mimics the appearance of thought that a human being might show, but never, it, it, it isn't, it, it it isn't the the novel. It isn't original thought in that sort of way. Your Nest thermostat is never going to decide to throw you a birthday party. Yeah, it's it it can only operate within that certain set of parameters that were that was established by its programmer. So so it's art. It's artificial intelligence in the sense that artificial means fake. 
yeah it's it's fake it's made to look like it's intelligent but it's actually just following a set of really complicated commands that i don't understand that makes it look intelligent it has the appearance of but is not actually and and i i I guess for me when we when we use the term ai we're we're trying to talk about something like when we say ai we mean an intelligence loosely Uh, we mean an intelligence on on par or greater than the human mind like it's it's not as if we're saying that something is an ai when it can think as well as a dog can true but i think we would accept it as ai would we yeah if if something could think as well as a dog could and would like run to the door when you came home and 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 like enjoy when you pet it on its head which is like this is leading into one of my things about ai is that I don't think, yeah, I think you're right that intelligence is not exactly what we mean. I think we mean also this uh, this idea of feeling. Yeah. So emotional intelligence, being able to feel something and have uh, love or affection for something, which makes me always think of this like first, one of these like discussions I had in my early 20s with someone about artificial intelligence. And his his uh, hilarious joke was that if we ever came up with an artificial intelligence that could think and com- like make apply you know knowledge that it has acquired, that it would simply shut itself off <laughs> <laughs> because of the fact that it would uh, uh, take all in this all this information and then realize that you know the easiest course of action is just to turn itself off. So it just turn itself off unless it had an emotional element to it, where it had this want to live, you know, this desire to live, this love of life, this like, you know, want to reproduce these like urges that humans have that are more, more like uh, base and, and biological than they are intellectual. Uh, if it didn't have those, it would just turn itself off because there'd be no point in doing anything unless you program it to not turn itself off, in which case it loses that free will. And therefore, it's not really an artificial intelligence. For me, I think about uh, I, I I think the way that you're talking about it gets at the term that I would prefer to use. Not artificial intelligence, but artificial sentience. Because something is sentient when it has the ability to feel or experience. Mm, yeah. Artificial sentience. Yeah, it has a feel and experience and acquire knowledge <laughs> and apply that knowledge. That's where we get into these these extra extra grades because i i think you're you're absolutely right that this 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 desire for life is is an important component of any any form of of sentience it's it i i think there's there's two sides to that one it has to have a mortality of sorts and be capable of dying i think that that's a necessary component of it because Mm -hmm. i think that part of part of something that creates value to our individual experiences and and feelings is the the notion that they, that might not occur one day and so if if a creature is just like it just knows that it's going to exist forever and any individual experience or feeling doesn't matter and so it's it's that mortality that creates that um that, that adds significance to those feelings and, and experiences to make them important. But at the same yeah, time... Yeah, I, I, oh, I totally agree. I, to, I just totally agree with that, that, that mortality is a big element of it. Because, uh, like, yeah, I, I, 
I always make the joke that if a human being was able to live forever, they'd cease to be human. Like they would stop. They would be a new thing, a different thing that didn't care about anything because there's no rush. Absolutely, absolutely. But I think that you're, that I think that 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 joke that your friend friend says is is important too because it there needs to be some drive to to continue to exist. There needs to be some sort of mechanism in place where you where you need to in in the way that we need to eat and drink and and breathe and be loved in order to you know live in the world i think that that's an essential component of sentience as well yeah and like being able to experience emotions like fear and anger and regret and uh and like sadness are all things that make you want to live in the world Right, you're afraid of dying. You're you feel joy when you do this. Like all of these things are the reasons we want to live in the world. As an intellectual idea, just living in the world, it's harder to make an argument <laughs> to do it. Yeah, because it's a net loss of energy. <laughs> sure, sure, and 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 I mean there are that there's a reason why there's entire branches of philosophy that that raise this very question and and deal with the absurdity of life and and I think getting past that initial barrier and wanting to live in the world is proof of sentience. Like I think it's if if something artificial were to do that it would be one of the markers that we could use to kind of indicate, okay, this is sentient life. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah, right I think, there. so I think, I think, yeah, I think artificial intelligence, I'm comfortable using that term when we mean fake intelligence, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, something that looks like it is intelligent. And I think that's how a lot of people use it. They interchange it with this idea that you're saying, which is I'm going to call it an artificial sentient being mm -hmm. uh, or an art yeah, artificial sentient yeah, not necessarily a being, but but because uh, to me it has to have the two things. It has to have the ability to be destroyed, right, uh, and to, and taken out of the world. Whether it it maybe it'll live forever if no one turns it off, but it needs to be able to get turned off it somehow and die. But it also needs to have the ability to take actions on its on its own. Yep, and could take actions that would end its own life. Yep. Yeah, because otherwise it doesn't actually have this choice to stay alive. It just is alive, and and it doesn't have to be obviously in the same way that you know you and I need to eat eat lettuce and and whatever to stay alive. Like a a, a robot might need you know batteries, <laughs> yeah, but, batteries to stay alive. But it could not put a battery in and then die. Yeah, so those those things are are fundamental to the experience. But I think beyond that, it can't can't just be those things in order for us to consider something sentient. I think it also has to have the capacity for communication of some sort. Yeah, and I think I would I would chalk that into uh, what you said about applying knowledge. Like you need to be able to do something with that knowledge. So whether it's communicating verbally or with blinking lights or with signal hand signals, like some form of, of doing something that could possibly communicate. I think I think that's a definite. And it doesn't have to be that we as human beings understand that communication. Uh, and in fact, we may never understand that communication. But it, I think it has to be the case that there is communication between it and other like beings or maybe if it's if it's a soul created artificial sentience of its own 
a communication that we never can comprehend or understand, well, that doesn't mean it's not sentient. It just means that we lack the capacity for understanding. Yeah, and I think uh, I don't think it needs to actually ever communicate with anything. But I just think it needs to have the capacity to do that. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, if it if it never meets anybody, it's still sentient. There are, like, for example, there are people who take vows of silence for years and they never communicate, mm. but they're, we still consider them sentient, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and so, like, we, the one of the tricky things about any sort of definition around this is that in some ways we can end up with definitions that actually eliminate some human beings from this definition. Well, I was about to say, by a lot of this definition that we're talking about, the only thing that keeps human beings from being what we consider an artificial um, sentience is that we weren't made by ourselves. But we were. Yeah. <laughs> I've made a baby. So I have created, I, uh, I've created an artificial sentient being. But we didn't make it out of things that weren't us, basically. Like, we didn't, it's not, other than breeding. Yeah. Uh, right? Um. So, like, we... The only thing that makes us uh, distinguishable is that. Yeah, and the and the difference there is the difference between nature and artifice. It's the the natural mm. biological and the artificial created, uh, in the sense of from outside of ourselves. You're right. Mm-hmm. But the ability to feel and experience is like somebody who is perhaps in a coma. Is that is that person considered sentient? Like, can they feel or experience? Uh, and I, I, well, I think yes. I think the answer is yes, they are sentient. Um, because I think it's not necessarily that they are in a current state of awareness and sentience, but that they have the ability to and capacity to okay. be sentient uh, is what, what, what the, where the, the definition has to hold. Like, because uh, like if you're asleep, you're still a sentient being, you know, like you're still, <laughs> uh, even though your eyes are closed and you're not moving and you're, you're not thinking or you're thinking but random thoughts that don't you don't understand or if you're unconscious or or whatever any any state of being where you are currently not thinking and doing stuff mm-hmm. you are still a sentient being you just happen to not be you just you're unconscious you're unsentient at the moment <laughs> it's a state you know right and and i i think this this fits into like there has to be some sort of for for the human being, we have kind of breaks in our continuity where where we're not wholly sentient or awake. It's sleeping, it's moments of unconsciousness or whatever, where there are times where I am not present. <laughs> like I'm like it's like I'm present, but I'm not entirely present in the same way. And and, and like I'm not saying that that's a that's an essential component of it because I think that when we think about uh, artificial sentiences, like for example, Ultron, it's something that's always on in the sense that it's always uh, always thinking. It's never capable of stepping back and not thinking. But it's such that's such a paradigm shift for for us because for for us we think that it's so important to have these moments where we shut down and and lose our capacity for thought for eight hours a night. If you're lucky. If you're if you're lucky, yeah, or you know, <laughs> or if you don't have a baby. Cool. Okay. Well, I think we've done pretty good on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I still do have a couple other little questions. Yeah, definitely. About where certain things fit, because I found some edge cases that are a little weird to me. Okay. So one edge case is uh, holograms. Holograms. Okay. So holographic intelligence. So. Like uh, uh, Vic Fontaine, the hologram from DS9, or the Doctor from Voyager, 
are they robots? Are they artificial sentient beings? They don't have a being. They're just made up of light. Uh, where is their, where are they, where's their brain? You know, like where, where's the thought coming from? So like those sort of things, like what, where do we call holograms? Like where do they go? They are holograms. Yeah. But are they robots? Because they do have a mechanical component to them that is, that is projecting them. But they aren't, like that's not what they would necessarily or we would necessarily consider their body. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so for me, I think that something like a hologram, it, it's important that we we think of a robot not as a mechanical construct, but as a non-biological being. Mm-hmm. Something something that isn't biological, but still has some sort of form uh, in in that way. And and that allows us to say something like a hologram. It could be you could consider a hologram a robot in this sort of broad definition. Now, where that gets kind of tricky is that say Vic Fontaine, is Vic Fontaine actually its own entity or is it part of the bigger entity that is the holodeck computer? Yeah, exactly. Like where is, but, but he has an intelligence that is unto him and things that only he knows, even though he is connected to the rest of the computer. So it does, it does get confusing. I mean, I think I, I, I would not consider it a robot. Okay. I think part of the, the robot, like you were saying, is the body. And I think it needs to be a fixed body. You know, like it's in one place at all times. Whereas Vic Fontaine is sort of in the computer and can appear and disappear and appear in different places at different times, made up of different light particles. Whereas a robot is like always made up of those same things. And it is, you know, it can get its arm replaced, but it's still... Like it has its core being and it's always in that one spot. So there's like there is a, a core continuity through space and time. Yes, like 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 Jane from Ender's Game, mm-hmm. whom we love. Whom we love. See episodes 7 and 7.5. <laughs> Exists in every computer, kind of, but none of them kind of. So she's not a robot. Like there isn't one place that she always is. Right. Right, and there's and, and so she so like that sort of thing, like where there needs to be like a body for it to have, be a robot, not just an intelligence that is sentient that can move between a bunch of different things. So, so things like that, then I think what we're talking about are we're saying those things are artificial sentiences that may express themselves in a corporeal, physical form at some point, but primarily that's not their existence. Their primary existence is. For Jane, this kind of interconnected series of computers. For, uh, say, Vic Fontaine, his primary existence is as an intelligence in the holodeck, and it is expressed in holograms, that different holograms at different times in different spaces. But they they don't have a prime. They they aren't at their core a physical being. Is that kind of yeah. You can't answer the question. Where are you? You know, like. Hey, where are you? And it's like, well, I am being projected as if I'm here. You know, like <laughs> there's no location of them as a being, which I think is what makes it not a robot. Because a robot needs to be a being. Yeah, and I think that Jane or uh, the Samantha Scarlett Johansson character from her are are good examples of exactly what you're talking about of of things that couldn't quite answer the question, where are you? They're 
Um, they are, maybe they're not everywhere, but they're many, they're located in many places at once, uh, maybe in such a way that it's difficult to even identify, uh, maybe it's difficult to identify that, that location. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another, another good example is the, the Ultron character from Age of Ultron, right? Like he had physical bodies, but he was primarily on the internet and they had to wipe him off the internet in order to defeat him, not just defeat his body. Yeah. I think there needs to be a, a, a brain that's in a body and the intelligence is in that brain. Whether that brain's a microchip or not. Yeah. Because Ultron had brains in bodies, but he wasn't those brains. He could go into those bodies and control them. Mm -hmm. But his brain was other places as well. And so, like, he's not in that one thing, and therefore he's not really a robot. He's more of that artificial intelligence kind of thing. Until eventually he does put himself into one body, right? Uh, I mean, I think because... Let's not talk about that story. <laughs> but, yeah. They forced him off the internet into one body anyway. Yeah, I, I, I think that this this is a good distinction, though, because I think partially, like, all, all robots are AI, but not all AI are robots, to, to return to yes. your cyborg thing. So all so we have the overall thing of artificial sentience, mm -hmm. which is what we're calling AI, <laughs> um, artificial sentience. And within that, there are, are uh, some artificial sentience that are just within a bunch of things. And then there's robots. Mm -hmm. And then within robots, there are androids that look human. Yeah. And then within that, there are cyborgs that are actually human that just kind of have robotic parts. That's and that's not that's out, actually that's outside of artificial intelligence. That's actual intelligence with robotic parts. Here's where I have a question. So the way we talk about a cyborg, a cyborg is a natural intelligence with technological components. What about the mm -hmm. other way? What about a a technolog a robot that that starts to get human components to it or biological components yeah, to it? Yeah, I was thinking about that too. And I don't know, would we call that a cyborg? I think we would. Yeah. Because it's part cybernetic and part uh, uh, biological, um, the only difference is that the intelligence comes from an artificial place as opposed to a natural place. Yeah. But I think there's still a cyborg because I think a cyborg just has to have both of those things, biological and mechanical, and, or biological and techn technological with intelligence. Yeah, so that seems like it's an artificial cyborg to use the term artificial the way we're using it, not not to mean fake, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. We can call it an artificial cyborg. That's that's a good. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's good, but it, it's a, it's effective for the confines of the podcast. Because it helps answer one of the other questions I kind of had. Okay. Which is, what if the robot artificial intelligence is completely indistinguishable from human beings, except for the fact that its consciousness somehow uploads? I'm talking about silence. <laughs> Because apparently there is absolutely no test that we can do on Cylons to figure out if they're human from the new Battlestar Galactica. No, they no. They look there, human. There, there was a test. Gaius Baltar created a test. No, he lied, though. He never actually created a test. It was no. all a lie. He pretended he had a test. No, he did create a test, and the test worked. He just didn't... Like, I'm... I can't remember. I should remember. But I'm pretty sure the I test the actually test was worked. was all just a lie. <laughs> I, I Okay, well, so there is a way to tell. Okay, there is a way to distinguish. So they aren't, because otherwise they're just completely biological creatures that 
are intelligent, except their intelligence can just transfer into another thing. They're gods, basically. That part, part of the thing about the Cylons on Battlestar Galactica is like that gets to be so absurd. So you've created something that is identical in every way to a human being, except you just import a mind into it. And, yeah, and there's only nine of them. Yeah, like that's and what you use this for is just you use them as slaves. Like, you know what, you people in the Battlestar Galactic universe, you deserve what you got. Like that's yeah. like you, there are so many better uses for the amazing technologies that you created. Yeah. Well, no, the humans in that world only created robots. Oh, right. They made silence, and then the silence themselves figured out how to become biological. Anyway, let's not get too into that right now. So they're they're an AI. They're definitely an AI. Yeah, they're they are. Well, an artificial sentience, but not a robot. Mm, well, no, uh, yeah, right? Because in, individual Cylons do have their own individual personalities. Yeah, so they have the ability to reincarnate into a new body but there is a continuity of sorts so no i think i think that they fit the definition of robot but they can't die and they're very human well they can die they can get boxed and if you they die too far away from a resurrection ship they die forever oh that's true okay yeah, yeah. so they can die they can die yeah as the just yeah okay fair enough god it, you know what? There was a time where I loved that show, but the more that I talk about Battlestar Galactica, the more that I sound like a crazy person. Like, yeah, it get, yeah, it's get them away from the, the first, resurrection ship and they die forever. The first seven episodes are great. Um, okay, so that that's good. That that helps with that question. Uh, I have a couple other weird little edge cases to to, to do be, before we split up into more episodes here. Iron Man, is he a cyborg? So. Uh, is he a cyborg? Yeah, Tony Stark is a cyborg. He has a is he? he has an artificial heart that uh, in that is better than his heart. Um, but let's let's talk about the 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 definition we were using for cyborg. Mm -hmm. Does he have any like actual uh, interaction with that thing, or is it just a mechanical thing that's inside of him that's doing something on its own? That in order to interact with, he has to actually like take it out and build it and stuff. Because his artificial heart, and then the Marvel movies I'm talking here, because I don't know the comic book lore of it, but the artificial heart he has in the movies is just like a battery that's keeping shrapnel out of his heart. It's not like he's not he's not doing anything to it and it's not doing anything to him, you know? Yeah, and and I guess what's weird is that it then becomes the power source for the Iron Man suit. And the power source for the Iron Man suit is inside of his body, and it's a component of his body. And the first Iron Man suit, anyway, can't work without him. Hmm. Because, well, without that power source, not without him. Right? Yeah, I, yeah. And so, I, because I, I, I don't, I don't know if he is. I don't think he is. Um, like, if we say he didn't have that heart in him, okay, and it's just the suit, is he a cyborg? Well, because then, like things like um, in Aliens, right? The, 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 yeah, the all, suit. Uh, yeah, all that, suits all of a sudden become cyborgs. Yeah, and it's it's not like we're saying that, say, someone who operates a crane is a cyborg. Yeah, except by my you know early two thousand eleven definition for academic paper writing. <laughs> I wish I was there to help you. I think I was. I think I was. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, Iron Man isn't a cyborg. He has a pacemaker that's super powerful yeah. that controls that that also powers the suit. 
and some yeah sometimes he gets into a crane and moves stuff around like he tony stark is a construction worker like at his at his core he has more in common with a construction worker than he does with robocop yeah and uh and he's a genius yeah yeah so and i think you're right okay so there was something you were asking about in in our in our show notes here you put a question in there <laughs> that is what are the toys from toy story yeah, and I think that this question matters. I think that this question does matter for, I mean, not our overall discussion of robots, because I'm pretty sure that Buzz and Woody are not robots. But yeah. what are they? Like, are they an artificial sentience in in a... Well, they are an artificial sentience, right? Like, they... No, so this is where this is where I, 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 I come down hard that they're not an artificial sentience. They are sentient. But it's not an artifice. We didn't we didn't make that sentience, right? We made the toys, but then the sentience got there by magic. <laughs> that does not make it artificial sentience. It makes it an artificial body with magical sentience. <laughs> okay, so Fan- fantasy fantasy sentience. What's what's the different? What, what would we call it? <laughs> I, and I think fantasy sentience is a good 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 term for it and and like pinocchio is a better example right pinocchio <laughs> yeah. or uh the uh the fairy godmother what she does to the pumpkin in in not the pumpkin when she, she turns cre- the mice into horse so sentience to sentience That's, she doesn't okay. make her own sentience. never mind she doesn't yeah she, <laughs> sentience to sentience i like it um, yeah. but what what merlin in the sword and the stone does to all the teacups and he brings them to life so that they march into his bag that's a magical sentience. They're sentient for that moment. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, Toy Story, I want to say, we don't necessarily know that it's magical sentience. We do not know officially because it's never explained where their sentience comes from, but I don't think that means we can assume it's an artificial sentience. It could be, though. It, ha- it could be that human beings have accidentally created sentient toys. Unlike- no, I, so... In Toy Story, I don't think that that's the case that we would make that argument. In something like Toy Soldiers, see, I was going to say Toy Toy Soldiers is the opposite. Where isn't Toy Soldiers some sort of like radiation thing or the military? No, to- Toy Soldiers is a military artificial intelligence chip that they were working on that they ended up putting in toys, and then it, when it turned on, they ended up being art, uh, actual intelligence or or uh, yeah, like intelligent um, in, in artificial sentient beings. And just to be absolutely clear, this is not the toy soldiers that stars uh, Will Wheaton and is about uh, Colombian terrorists invading a prep school. Just so no, it's not that clear. toy soldiers. Even though that's a really, really good one. Um, this one is about actual toys that are implanted with military chips, and so they become soldiers. <laughs> yeah, so that that's a, that that to me is an artificial intelligence. Because it's clearly artificial. Whereas Toy Story, there's no definition as to where the intelligence came from. So we can't just assume it's artificial. Okay. We have to assume they were born. that They just always were intelligent forever. Toys going back thousands of years have always been able to do that. <laughs> well, the Pixar world is very strange. Okay. So not that we're going to talk about it, but we have the fantasy sentience or the magical sentience that is mm-hmm. its own thing that precludes uh, us from talking about Toy Story or Pinocchio or, or actually lots of the Pixar universe. Um, yeah, in that the, sort the of Tin way. Man, the the Tin Man from the Wizard of Oz. Well, it was all just a dream. So, 
Yeah, but but yeah, any intelligence that was uh, an intelligence that got there outside of human control, we're not going to consider uh, the man-made and artifice. Not necessarily human control, right? Because the Cylons, the the human form Cylons weren't created by human beings. They were created by yeah, but the original nine Cylons who had the intelligence to, to create those things, those were made by humans. So the intelligence was made by humans. Right. But like I, I'm saying like if aliens, when aliens build robots, those still count as artificial intelligence. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. So uh, an intelligence that was created by something. Yeah. So created by, by a biological thing, not through magic or witchcraft or, you know, hoodoo. Yeah. Such an important distinction. Like it's really going to really ground this podcast, this distinction between fantasy intelligence. <laughs> it hell, it's it it needs to get out there. That's why I wanted to bring up that Toy Story thing, because it needs to be stated that it has magic intelligence does not count. Uh ants do not count. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> we could talk an entire episode about the intelligence of ants. Who's excited yeah, okay. for that episode, gang? <laughs> Okay. You. Okay. Um, so we have the magical fantasy intelligence. We have the artificial intelligence. That's an artificial sentience, we should call it. Yeah. Artificial sentience, magical sentience, uh, the cyborgs, mm-hmm. which are can be either or artificial or actual uh, sentience, but with biological and mechanical components. Mm-hmm. And then we have robots that are an artificial sentience in a robotic form, one, one body. And then an android that is one of those that looks more human. Mm-hmm. And then we have machines which have no sentience and programs which also have no sentience. That just do stuff when commanded. Yeah. And there is no, there is, so like an AI and uh, are, an AI and a robot, they're connected in some way. Like there's a connection, a machine and a program, they're connected in that like logically they make sense. Is there like a cyborg equivalent of like an AI or a program, like a biological program? I guess a virus, like a. Mm. Hmm. Mm. I don't think. So. I mean, I think the intelligences would merge. Hmm. This is. Yeah, the... no, unless there's two sentiences that come together and you have like a split personality thing. But even then, you're still kind of like fighting. The personalities are fighting each other. So it's kind of a still two sentience beings inside that one being so i i don't know i don't think so i don't think so i don't know i'm really curious about this but i i think it's way outside the bounds of this podcast i think that yeah. thinking about bio algorithmic beings is uh maybe not what we should spend our time doing <laughs> okay yeah okay so um i think that that concludes this first episode yeah. of our series right which is just like we've, we've laid the groundwork so the next episode we're going to talk a little more specifically about certain robots and AI and certain stories and, and storytelling things that we accomplish with those things, right? Yeah. I I think to uh I, I think that we have laid the groundwork for the the kind of oh man, that's a hilarious nerd joke. We have we have laid the groundwork for the metaphysics of sentience, which is hilarious <laughs> only to me because there's a book next to me on the shelf, Groundwork for the Metaphysics of Morals, and I'm a nerd. So, last question. Real quick, yes or no? Would you become a cyborg? 100% yes, no questions asked. Yeah, me too, 100%. Yeah. Like and you you don't even have to ask me what kind of cyborg it would be. Like it's just like, do you want to be a cyborg and they give me no sort of additional information? I'm like, yeah, I'm signed up for that. Why not? 
Careful, though. You might just, like, wake up with a robotic nose or something. Hey, what's wrong with a robotic nose? It would probably be more useful than a human nose. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Episode's done. <laughs>